This programme was made with the support of the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, fasten your seatbelts for a roller coaster right through the hearts, mind, loves, hates, thoughts, fears, hopes, and dreams of Irish adolescents and prepare to be amazed. Diagwit, August Falcha Go Telling Tales. I'm Sean Paisley. And I'm Maya O'Shaughnessy. And we'll be presenting today's programme. We've had an excellent response to our call for our stories and poems, and the contributions we've received are brilliant. I don't know how we're going to choose between all the stories and poems sent in to us. It's really all down to luck. Yeah, thanks to everyone for your hard work, and as Sean says, it really is down to luck. Who have we got first this week, Maya? Well, Sean, the first ever story in the first ever episode of Telling Tales comes to us from Colossia Dulic. Strange Tales is an excerpt from a story by Abby Fox. I was so hungry, I couldn't remember the last time I ate. I was scared and cold. I haven't seen my family in weeks. We got separated in the commotion. The people of the village are very cautious about witches and would execute anyone that was suspected. My mother was one of these people. When the villagers came to take her, they also went for me and my brother. My mom screamed, run, so I did. I ran as fast as I could and did not look back. When I finally couldn't run anymore, it was dark and I couldn't see my brother anywhere. I found an old plastic box in the bin. It had no bottom and one of the sides was missing. I thought it would be good for shelter, so I dug it out and found a small corner where I could sleep for the night. She was not a witch, but it didn't matter. There were so many people that walked past me but none of them stopped to help. They just rushed along, pulling the children to the opposite side of the street as soon as they saw me. Our next story comes from St. Mary's Holy Faith Secondary School in Clester. Mara by Gabrielle Gradite. I was told to write this essay on a topic I had no clue how to write about. The road ahead was dark. The teacher said, and I quote, June Monday, no excuses. I thought she was mental giving us an essay for the weekend. I mean, some of us have lives outside of school. It's not all about Hamlet and algebra. Or what am I saying? I have no life. Did I mention that I also have my history project due Monday? The funny thing is, I had a month to do the history. But silly me, has, has always left it to the last minute. Anyway, I sat down to do the lame essay, and it went a little like this. The road ahead was dark. Not a living thing in sight. Oceanless, senseless trees surrounded me. A sense of foreboding came over me. I felt the heat rise through my body, from my toes to my knees, through my stomach, and out through my head. It's as if a volcano had erupted inside of me. The night was so cold, but yet it felt like I was on fire. No, Penelope, snap out of it. You can't lose control. Now, not yet. Focus. Sec for it to circum. Halfway through the essay, I realized that I am no J.K. Rowling and I can't write a story about magic. What on earth was I thinking? Maybe I should just give up and move on to something else that may be a little more productive, like reading a book or watching the next episode of Pretty Little Liars. A voice came from the darkness of the night. I see you've been practicing. Who's there? I answered to the creepy yet alluring voice. Relax, it's only me. The voice was coming from the trees that surrounded me. Was he up on a tree? 
but that would be impossible. The trees were long and skinny, and the branches wouldn't hold. Show your face, or else. Whoa, put that thing down. We don't want anyone getting hurt after what happened last time. A silhouette of a tall, slim male approached. I saw his face. It was like nothing I have ever seen before. He had those kind of blue eyes that just sparkled in the moonlight, and the blonde hair that washed in the wind so perfectly. There was something odd about him, yet so alluring and mysterious. I guess love at first sight really does exist. Who are you? I asked him, anxiously waiting for a reply. Wow, you really must have hit your head really hard. I mean, that was ball was just... He made a whistling noise with his eyes, facing the heavens and slowly going down towards hell, and then he did this exploding hand gesture. Penny, snap out of it, wake up, a voice came from somewhere. But where? We're losing her. In that moment, I realized what was happening. I was dying. Wait, am I dying? I asked, hoping the answer would be no. Yes, you are. But listen, you still have a chance. All you have to do is choose the right world. I opened my mouth to speak. Before I could say anything, he put his lips on my lips and vanished into thin air. What did he mean by choose a world? And what was that kiss for? You see, I told you I'm no good at writing stories. I got up from my table and walked towards my mirror on the far side of my room. It's still there. It's even more blue than before. I really hate girls. They're just two-faced, backstabbing bitches. One minute they're your friend, the next they turn their back on you. And what for? I'll tell you why. It's because they want to be this fake thing that they know they will never be. But they still choose to chase this unachievable goal. I don't blame them. They have the media to thank for that aspiration to have the perfect lips, hair, eyes. To have the perfect boyfriend and the perfect life. But they're just lying to themselves. And it hurts me to see what society has shaped girls to be. In order to reach the stage of perfection, they're willing to take down any obstacles in their way. I'm a perfect example of this today. I finally stood up for what I believe in, for what I think is right, and I just got knocked down like dominoes. It's like a pattern. Knock down the first, and the next will follow, until there's only one domino left, and then that one just falls. Lesson learned. Don't ever question the ways of a popular girl. Clear. Don't die on me. You're too young. Maybe I should just give up and leave this world. It's not like anyone would miss me. What does he mean? What worlds? I'm so confused. Please help me. Which is the real me? I grasped for air once, twice. I'm so happy to see you're awake, a kind looking lady said as I woke up. I'm glad you chose us. You'll have fun here, she smiled. Where am I? I asked as I looked around the strange room I was in. Mostly everything was floating. The only thing that was on the floor was me. Even the lady was floating. It looked so magical. So sorry, my bad. I totally forgot that you won't remember anything. My name is Naomi, and you're in Mora. Naomi explained happily. I'm in where? What did I do? Did I die? I was in total shock. Where was I? Oh, sweetie, you didn't die. You just chose your destiny, and that is to be with us. Here, drink this. She flew over to one of the smaller presses in the room and took out what looked like a potion bottle. This will help with remembering. I took the bottle into my hand and stared at it for a bit. Well, come on, drink it. It isn't going to drink itself. I looked at the bottle one last time before downing it all in one go. It tasted worse than my cooking. It'll take just a minute to work. You relax. I'll be back in one minute with some food. I hear the chef is cooking spaghetti today. I did as Naomi said. I put my head down and went to sleep. Suddenly, all the memories came flooding into my head. It's as if someone had shot me in the head with the bullet of my memories. I woke up and I instantly remembered everything. I'm the major fire and it is my duty as one of the elements to protect the world of Mora. The road ahead is a very popular choice of topic for our stories and poems. 
It's amazing how many takes we've had on one simple sentence. It is indeed. It's also amazing how many poems that come into us. I think we'll go over to the Poets' Corner to see what they have to offer. Thanks, Sean. We have a huge batch of poems to get through. And our first poem is also our first piece, Osgwelge, and comes from my school, Our Lady of Mercy College, Beaumont. Saura, by Rebecca Nastas Augusera Gibbs. Tashe Saura, Tashe Ante, Napashe Exuger, Fween Green, Tamadi, Antra Ola Gala, Tuskul Creekinto. Woo! Dulla Latin is Sir Shikadi on Spawn, Tommy Erbish, Dulla Mak Erfad, Trishlachton, Maham Ul Makarja. Nara Haga Mayor Ash, Bed Scholar Shill, Hugas Beb Guller, Upper Diladeno. It's not too often we get a collaborative work in. Our next poem is a solo effort and comes in from the Donahue's Community School. The Road Ahead by Lee. The road ahead is fair, just beyond the shining star. But when you want your dreams to come true, you must work until you're black and blue. So don't just sit there and stare. Dreams don't appear out of thin air. Nothing is ever impossible. So fight for it, unstoppable. Success, your dreams have come true. The hard work and determination, that's all because of you. That's it, you've made it. You're finally a star. See, I told you that the road wasn't all that far. This poem comes in for Art School Cell, and keeping with our first poem, Summer, is to put us all in a great mood. Summer by James. The summer sun just setting in, everyone having fun with no regrets or sin. All I want is to stay out and play. If I could, I would do it every day. I would stay off school having lots of fun, getting a nice turn off the fearing sun. We all would want it that way if we had our own say. But at the end of the day, it's all good, I really have to say. When I go to the beach, all I can hear is the seagull screech, see the clash of the ocean's waves. Wants to make me just have a rave. Hopping my trunks and jumping in the ocean, while everyone talks in a big commotion. Everyone having fun while the summer lasts. All we want is to go out and have a blast. If we don't, we might regret it forever, as the motto goes, never say never. Roll on summer. Coming from Brazil, Mila, do you miss the warm summer sunshine? I surely do. What are the seasons like in Brazil? Always very warm. Roll on the summer is right, Jamie. Is art school a style your school, Maya? Yeah. What's your favourite subject? Science. And yours? Technology. We better get back to work. We better. Our next story is read by Robin. Something I care about and find important by Robin Siri. I think positivity and happiness is a really important and influential part of any human's life. They have a huge impact when they are present in our lives, but they have an even greater impact when they are absent. Many things make people happy. Compliments, praise and material possessions. On the other hand, many things make people sad, like death, disappointments and letdowns. Other things that may happen in one's head, such as playing bad thoughts or a pessimistic outlook on life. It's so important to see the brighter side to everything. A good example I heard of this before was in the film Catfish. There was a girl named Abby. She was writing an email to the creator of this film and she said... I was really sad today because when I came home from school, my pet snake was dead. What I really liked is Abby's reaction to this news. Even though she has lost her pet snake, she finds a mouse, the snake's food, and takes the mouse as her pet. Then she said, Now I have a pet mouse, and he is really cute. 
A young girl of only 8 to 10 years had such a good outlook on the death of a beloved pet, but quickly saw the brighter side that many older people wouldn't even see. It's so simple to be happy about the smallest things, like that you're alive, you're not hurt, and you're more than likely fortunate to have access to a warm home with food and clean water. It's also just as easy to be sad about things, like you have to wake up early for school or work, or you're having a bad day, or you've gotten a lot of homework. You might be dwelling on something you wish went a different way to how it did. But I like to think, if it should have happened, then it would have happened, if it was meant to be. Being positive improves a lot of things. You can have better health, better coping skills, more courage and self-esteem, and it just improves you as a person. Even though every day may not be good, there's something good in every day. And when you notice that, you'll be so much more positive and happy with your life and yourself. That's a very interesting life philosophy. Our next story comes in from your school, Sean, the Donahue's Community School, Donahue. Tomorrow by Jessica O'Loughlin. As a teenager in Ireland today, I can't help but think about the future. I mean, they're constantly talking about the fact that we have no jobs, no money and no hope. People are out on the streets burning bills and stopping people in their cars. When there is an election, no one knows who to vote for because they're all the same. To be honest, it's hard to have hope as a teenager in Ireland today, which is a pity because it's hope that keeps us going, keeps us motivated. I have hopes. I hope for peace across the world. I hope for an end to the refugee crisis and world hunger. I hope all of our world leaders could come together and agree to be peaceful. I hope that global warming doesn't get any worse. The last thing we need is more treacherous roads. And what about the poor polar bears? I hope for longer summer holidays and shorter hospital queues. I hope for a happy future doing a job I love in the country I love. Look at how far we've come in the past 100 years. Now let's look to the future, let's look to tomorrow. Excellent. I think it's time for some more poems. Good idea. It's over to our Poets' Corner. And it's my school, Schnell College's turn now in the poem called My Number One, and it's a strong reminder of our own mortality. My Number One by Evan Fennell Burke. I will always love him, my number one. I miss you now, I love my son. I will always pray for you, day and night. I will always miss you, such a lovely sight. I will always try not to cry when we have to go to your funeral to say goodbye. You will never leave my heart, my soul, you are always like my little troll. Your ma, she's crying all day, all night. We will never have another fight. You will always be part of our family. I will always try to be so manly. Help us now when we are sad. Goodbye, son, your loving dad. What poem have you got there, Cara? This poem is written by Megan Whelan from St. Mary's Holy Faith Secondary School, Colester. A fish on a hook, the sun beaming down like a street light on the darkest night, swimming around, his orange scales glistening so brightly, as jubilant as one can be, until a rusty boat hit the lake uproariously. He swam away as fast as a speedboat skimming across the water, but at the back of his mind he knew it might end in slaughter. Although he was fast, not quite fast enough, before he knew it, he was dangling on a hook. As he gazed into the fisherman's eyes, 
They were as malevolent as the banshee's cries. Screaming like a worm coming out of a hole, he was plucked off the hook and stuck in a ball. This poem comes in from Arskolasel and is about one of the world's most popular pastimes. Football by Jason. Football, what a game, kick and scream, start with a warm-up. Warm-up can be the key of this successful team. We walk on the pitch and we fall in the ditch. Oh no, one player got hurt. He got hurt on his foot. The game has 10 players. The game finished with a smile. Who knows what will happen in a while. Do you like football, Moya? I do, yeah. Do you? Yeah. What team do you follow? Arsenal. And you? Manchester United. This next story was written by a pupil from Manor House and is extremely topical. When Stress Hits by Neve Quigley. Exam years were tense, stressful years. They stole your sleep and created strains in your relationships. They overwhelmed you and snuck tardis into your veins. I told you I can't. I'm so behind in everything already and I need to sit down and just finish all of it. I toyed up my bag strap as I spoke, never making eye contact. I felt like the bad guy. Lynn rolled her eyes. God, Mel, come on. It will be fun, stress-free. It's just a movie. She pinned me with her eyes as I slid mine away from hers and stared at the ground. The little sleep I had had these past few days had led to built-up irritation and annoyance. I was constantly on the verge of anger. It simmered in my veins, waiting to be let loose. Lynn pursed her lips and that was all it took. Irrational anger coursed through me, and angry red seeped into my cheeks as I glared at her. I don't care what you do, I'm not going. Go alone. Hurt flashed in her eyes and I immediately felt guilty. I was not the only one under a lot of stress. She had it bad too. I pushed the guilt to the back of my mind. She turned and walked away, each step creating more distance between us. Another fight, they seemed to become a part of our routine, since the middle of the exam year. Struggling to keep my feelings hidden, I collected my books and left the school. I felt overwhelmed and tired. The weekend went by slowly, with neither of us making any contact with each other. I dreaded seeing her in the exam hall on Monday. The awkward eye contact was inevitable. I chewed my lip and entered the exam, my thoughts revolving around the fight and not the exam. I pinched the bridge of my nose and tried to contain the rapidly grown headache. The teacher entered carrying the exam papers. I received my paper. The exam had begun. Two hours later and the exam was over, complete. To be forgotten about until the results were sent out to each home. We followed out of the hall. I felt the top of my shoulder and turned around. Lynn stood behind me. She gave me a tight smile. Neither of us said anything. Taking a deep breath, I said, I'm sorry, I've been so grumpy this year. Lynn shrugged. You have, but so have I. Let's just call it quits, okay? She smiled and I smiled back in relief, okay? We walked out the door shoulder to shoulder, catching up on everything we had missed. The very best of luck to all the pupils sitting their exams this year. And don't be so hard on yourself because it's a really stressful time. We're heading to St Aidan's CBS for our next story. It was a dark road ahead by Ernest Asvoidkis. It was a dark road ahead and Kelly was lost. She decided to see where she would end up. After 20 minutes of driving, Kelly saw a sign on the road that said Infinity Street. The sign was quite suspicious as it was glowing and burning, but she carried on driving through the dark road that had no lights. Another three minutes passed and she stumbled upon the first building of Infinity Street. 
It was a tall grey building that looked like it was built 30 years ago. The windows were blocked up with nails and wooden planks while the walls of the building were painted with satanic graffiti. It was at this moment Kelly was starting to get worried. This town looked like Earth's version of hell. She stopped at the suspicious grey building and went inside in hope of finding someone that knew the directions out of this town. She got out of her car and opened the smashed glass door. As she went inside, she could hear two male voices somewhere in the back of the building. When she went into the back, she could see two tall Caucasian men dressed in suits. It seems like one of them had lost an eye. She approached them frightfully and asked them for directions out of this town. The man with no eye replied, Infinity. She was confused. She asked him, What do you mean by infinity? The other man replied, There are no directions out of this town. Once you're in, you're not getting out. Kelly found it hard to believe that this was possible. She stood there for a few seconds, looking puzzled and scared, and out of the blue, the one-eyed man gave a weird glance at his friend and shouted, Grab her, quick. The man grabbed her while his friend ran into the other room to get something. He came back a few seconds later with the leather bag. He put the bag over her head. Kelly couldn't see or hear anything for a few seconds. When she opened her eyes, she was in her bed. It didn't take her a while to realize it was just a dream. We're back to the Poets' Corner for our last batch of poems today. Thanks, Sean. This next poem also comes from your skill, and it is short and to the point. Future by Jessica O'Loughlin. I can feel it, the pressure and the standards. It hangs around an annoying sound. I'm halfway there, keeping an ear to the ground, until my future is found. The long nights resulting in my blurry sight. I keep up the fight. I can see my future in the light, the thought that I might. Do any good makes me keep my thought at bay, not flood. One day I'll be understood in a good job. It was all those hard nights. I thank God for his care because I got there. We're back to Art School La Salle for our next poem, Forest by Casper. What is this? The trees, their leaves sending messages. Distorted in the howling air, the many colours round, the flowers beautifully glimmering with a yellow as bright as the summer sun. The multitude of plants, like a rainbow growing from the ground, and the many trees casting shadows. On the life below, the many animals, birds singing happily, squirrels pouncing lightly across the branches, the fish swimming in the cold streams, their waters reflecting the golden light like a mirror. And between all that, a lonely path, unexplored. Where it leads, no one knows. Who will dare to venture in, go in or stay out? The forest calls you, listen to it, and then you can choose what to do. Only you can decide. That poem makes you want to escape to the great outdoors. It's great to get out and enjoy nature. This poem comes from Merrifield College. It's our last poem of the day, and it really is a classic. First Death by Kate Farrell. We stood in the rain, drizzen. The coffin lay before us in all its glory, adorned with flowers, and I, my tears drizzled, just like the rain, splashing against the grass, the coffin lowered in the ground. My mom had said, there is a first time for everything, but I never imagined the first dead I'd witness would be hers, and we stood. Lots of creative stories and poems to share, Maya. There definitely is, Sean. Now, ladies and gentlemen, our last story is our feature story. 
Full Circle is read by its author, Kieran Mahoney, who was a pupil of Chanel College Kulak. Six foot six, he stood on the ground. He weighed 235 pounds, but I saw that giant of a man brought down to his knees by love. Full Circle by Kieran Mahoney. The clock struck one. Scott Franklin entered his local bar, Circle of Life. The bar was small, dirty and stunk of beer. He walked inside, looking around. The lights were shining, but the bar was completely empty. No one in the seats, behind the bar or at the stage. He approached the pinboard next to the bar and stuck up a poster. Have you seen this man, Alfred Franklin? Call 087-643-257. Scott yawned and turned to the bar, leaning over and looking for someone. Hello, he shouted. Silence, not even a breeze. He sighed and leaned back, looking to his left. A small glass of whiskey, untouched, just sitting there. How convenient, he thought, and picked up the glass. He turned around and approached his regular booth next to the painting of Michael Collins. As he strolled, he saw an old man sitting in a guardy uniform at his booth. Suddenly, out came a man onto the stage with a guitar, dressed up as Johnny Cash. The impersonator started to sing a song, a thing called love. As Scott reached the booth, he widened both his eyes and mouth. Dad, he asked. The old man looked up and nodded. Scott sat down, a large grin on his face. Oh my God, Dad, it's been so long. I thought you were dead, cried Scott. I know you have, son. I know, said the old man. Where have you been? I've been searching for you forever, Dad, asked Scott. I'm sorry, son. I had to leave. I I was driven away by my own bitterness, moaned the old man, looking down. Scott shook his head. Don't beat yourself up, Dad. You did fine. You made me who I am today, comforted Scott. The old man looked up. That's what scares me, son, said the old man. The old man nodded at Scott's hands. We have the same hands. Scott looked down at his hands. They were shaking, bits of skin hanging off, and the knuckles red. Son, I have to tell you something. Scott looked up. I seen you, son, a little while ago. You were in a car park, running, fast, too fast. Sound of footsteps stamping after you, shots firing past your head. You you tried to take cover, but, but you were too slow, and they... They shot you down, son, like an animal. Scott looked shocked and shook his head, looking to the Johnny Cash impersonator. The chorus of the song was playing. I... I... What are you talking about? Where is this? Why did you bring me here? asked Scott, looking back to his dad. Oh, son, you're mistaken. I didn't bring you here. You brought me here. You made this place. You are gone first, said the old man sadly. Scott crossed his eyebrows and looked down in pain. Bullet shots filled his chest and blood poured. The song began to end and the father and son lived in the Circle of Life bar through a loop of the song, A Thing Called Love. It can lift you up, never let you down, take your world and turn it all around. Ever since time, nothing's ever been found that's stronger than love. Unfortunately, that's all we have for you today. I hope we got to your story or poem, and if we didn't, there's always next week. Don't forget to check out the NeraFound website for full details on the podcast of this programme. We hope you enjoyed today's programme. And will join us at the same time next week on Telling Tales, broadcasted here on NeraFM. Today's Telling Tales programme was produced by Enda M. Roach. Our BC is Mila Rodriguez and the series is a Pearlman Media production for NeraFM. So from myself, Maya O'Shocknessy, and myself, Sean Paisley. Until, Until next week, week slang a
This programme was made with the support of the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland.